0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 126th film. It's the 2018 Italian comedy Natale a e Cinque Stelle, which in English is Five Star Christmas. It's directed by Marco Reisi and it stars Andrea Osvart, Martina Stella and Bjorn Frilberg. I am Jesse and I am here hosting your show today. So if uh, you wanted to check this Italian comedy out, feel free to jump onto Netflix, search for Five Star Christmas um, if you're uh, on the English version and check it out because I will be ruining this as we go or spoiling it. Our show um, goes into depth with some characters, some scenes and and some information about the film. So happy to have you on board. Hope that you're looking forward to hearing my thoughts on this one. And uh, we'll get straight into it with the fast flicks where we do a quick summary of the film. And and my quick summary for this one is that the leader of Italy continually digs himself into a bigger hole through poor choices. There is a lot more to it than this but i think that's a good little intro and like i mentioned give us a pause and jump back in if you don't want to know what's going to happen in this one but some background on this one on on how it's put together it is based on a british comedy called out of order by ray cooney and in this it's uh, minister plans a secret rendezvous with a woman from the far right opposition and a dead body turns up in his hotel room very very similar to what happens in this one yeah, um, uh, it's really hard to talk about this one without um, going too far into spoilers and some scenes, but that's that's the general gist of this one as well. Um, the director of of this one, um, Marco Reese, he said that the fact that the film does not come out is a bit sorry. And, and I know that's a poor translation, but I think he's talking about a, a theatrical release. Um, but he also said that it must be said that I continue to go to the cinema and the cinemas are increasingly empty. The spectators are four cats and... They are all older than me. I prefer to think that thousands of people in 190 countries around the world will see our film. So a bit of a commentary there on, on cinemas and how they're, they're sort of struggling at the current stage or in 2018. And, but the positive is that, like we see with so many directors for Netflix originals, is 190 countries around the world that can see your film um, without needing to pay an extra cent to go and watch it in a cinema. This film is called Five Star Christmas, and, and the... I have a very poor knowledge or very little knowledge of the Italian political system. But the Five Star Movement is a political party in Italy. So I think it was quite obvious throughout this film with, with pieces of dialogue and things that this, this had to do with some sort of political idea. And And just looking into this party, the the Five Star Movement, they're very anti-establishment. Um, they're anti-environmentalist, anti-immigration, all that sort of stuff. So they are very, very um, right-wing, I guess, Um the start of the film too, this one was dedicated to Carlo Venzina, and I had to look it up to see who he was. He's one of the writers of this film, so um, very sad that that someone involved in this production had passed away um, before its release. This came out on Netflix on the 7th of December 2018 um, worldwide, except America. They actually held this one off until Christmas Eve, and... I'm guessing that's because of the, the word Christmas in the title. Uh, came out on the 24th of December in America, but the rest of the world had it a couple of weeks earlier. Filmed in and around uh, Budapest in Hungary and Rome in Italy as well. The, the critics for this one, hardly anyone has seen this film. Um, and it was really, really hard to find anything to do with Five Star Christmas. The Rotten Tomatoes has two critic reviews. They're both negative, so that doesn't give it a, a percentage overall. The audience also had two reviews, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes did give it a percentage of 33% on that, just on those two reviews. On IMDb, it sits at a pretty low four and a half out of five. And again, only on 624 um, loggings on IMDb. And Letterboxd, this this is one of the lowest ones I think we've seen on this show uh, for Letterboxd. So it was sitting on 1.8, and that's on just over 250 people. So not many people have seen this film. This is one of those films that I think... Uh, No one's probably going to listen to this either. So I might be talking to Dead Space. But yeah, if you want to be one of those people that have watched it, jump on because I'm going to lead into my early thoughts now where... I thought this was pretty woeful. <laughs> this, without too much of an understanding of Italian politics, uh, along with some really horrible and disgusting sexism, this was extremely hard to watch. Um, so, so, hopefully, that gives you a bit of context of where I'm going to go once I get into some characters and and some scenes uh, for this one. So, the the, the main character, the main the main person that you follow following this is the Prime Minister of Italy and, and they do make a big point at the start of this one to say this is not based on any real life people, you know, it's all factual, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously this is a, a massive commentary on the Italian political system and how some of the politicians work and and some of their, I guess, not so positive traits that that they often see. And, and you know, sometimes uh, this is seen across politics, not just in Italy, but across the world. So I'm guessing that they're, they're trying to make a film that, could uh, reach a broader audience than just Italy. So uh, the prime minister in this one's called Franco Rispoli. Um, and he is a despicable, despisable, and disgusting human being. There was not one redeeming quality that I could see in this guy at any stage in this film. The, straight from the beginning, you could see that he literally lied his whole life, what seems like his whole life, to get where he is. Um, he only cares about the polls and people voting for him and, and that pristine image of himself and his wife and making sure that he's not in the headlines for anything negative and there's this underlying current about principles and and people continually pulling him up on on following principles and he has no principles that that, there's no question about that at all and this is sort of offset by this senator called uh julia rossi and julia she's right at the start straight up you're like okay she comes across as the sex appeal and the start, you're like, okay, you get it. She's she's there as an opposition to this sort of older male politician. But the second scene of her has her literally stripped down to her underwear. And in no time, she's running around in her underwear, just this sidekick to a disgusting male. And I was really disappointed that she was such a poorly written um, character and a character that at times you'd look at and be like, why would anyone want to play this character? If I read the script, I'd be like, sorry, I'm gonna pass on that one. the only other character that I'll talk about is the secretary um, Walter Bianchini. Uh, he was literally the PM's right hand man, and right hand man. And he was, I guess, they tried to show him as this really loyal person, always doing what the PM wants to do. Even though he almost had these soliloquies where he'd talk off to the camera and and mention that you know he wasn't necessarily happy with with his role or what he was doing and. They tried to offplay, you know, him doing the bad things for the prime minister by having this really good relationship with his mother, and she was constantly calling him. <laughs> but at the same time, that mother added nothing to this this story, and, and she will appear later on in some of the scenes that I didn't really like in this one. Um, he also has this side relationship with this. It's his ex-girlfriend who he tries to rekindle the love with um, called Berta. And that didn't necessarily add anything to this story either, other than to say everyone who's involved in politics um, in this film aren't really good people. Um, Yeah, they're they're the main characters I'll talk about. And the the director of this one, Marco Reisi, a lot of directing credits. I think he had about 23 that I could see. Lots of TV, um, docos, film and from what I could see, they're all in Italian. So hasn't quite broken into any other international films, but obviously well-respected and, and regarded um, in the Italian industry. Scene time. So <laughs> Time to talk about some scenes. So what are some ones that I guess I, I enjoyed in this to start off with? And I think the a few of these things were learning curves for me. There's, there's this one part where they talk about, well, they arrive in Budapest um, in Hungary, and they make this comment about the city being broken down the down the river in the middle of the city. And one side is Buddha and the other side is Pesh. And I didn't know that. So that was a nice little learning curve that I enjoyed for this one. Uh, the other thing that following on, I guess, with the river is the other scene that I kind of enjoyed is there's a scene where the uh, the secretary um, Bianchini is sort of trying to remove this Santa body um, in a wheelchair. And he goes to the, the guy at the front of the hotel and goes, you know, where's the Danube River? And, and the staff says, you know, straight ahead, you walk straight into it. And he makes this sort of joke and he's like, oh great. Because that, you know, that's exactly what he wants to do with the wheelchair and and walk the, the wheelchair straight into the water. So I found that a little bit humorous, but realistically that's the only thing that, that made me laugh in this one because there's a lot in here that uh, wasn't very, very good. So the things that that didn't really sit well for me, there's this character, Rocco um, Sifredi, just literally in in the, the, the film for like one scene and the whole segment was completely gross. He walks past, everyone's like, you know, he's a celebrity, he's good looking and he grabs this woman on the bottom really, really hard and the camera zooms in on it in a really disgusting way and there's all these jokes about him being a huge asset and all this sort of stuff. I looked him up because i was like i don't understand this and i guess this is where there's no context for me not being italian because um he's a porn star so i guess that that would be funny if you knew that but i'm not sure how well-known porn stars are in italy but obviously this guy um big enough for a for a cameo in this one uh, <laughs> pardon the pun <laughs> um Biancini, again there's another scene where he's talking to his mother on the phone and she has a maid at home and this was horrible dialogue he, The mother says, I'm stuck with an African tribeswoman who barely speaks English. This is just such negative wording and connotation and not funny at all. And I just couldn't believe that people would think that was okay to put into a film. And again, more negative stuff where there's these constant comments about the character Julia and how good looking she is, and you know she's not allowed to be included in the conversations with the men because this is just guy stuff, and it was just really, really gross, and there's even like a part where they tell her the only reason people voted for you in politics is because you're hot and just horrible horrible 2018 for this sort of dialogue and this sort of character to to happen i I was shocked. the other sorts of things I guess is um. You know julia she's talking about and and, you know she stands up and says i've I've had enough about these politics are really sick of politics being nasty all this sort of stuff and like it's a good scene sort of saying you guys are disgusting but then she walks off and it finishes with the prime minister going oh um you know great legs what the hell? This is the one redeeming moment for her to be like, I've had enough of this and, and you still turn it into a joke um for the, the male's advantage, which I was quite um quite disappointed in. Um final thing I'm sorry, this is a bit of a rant, but the last the final scene. I'm not gonna go into too much context about the final scene. It's with the Prime Minister and his um, secretary Bianchini. They're around a bridge. They, neither of these characters take any responsibility for any of their actions throughout this whole film. Um, and they try to turn it into them being fake lovers so that they can turn it around and, and have the people back on their side. This was the, the redeeming moment for the characters where they could have turned this around, they decided not to, and that whole scene is disgusting. So that's my rant. I'm done with those scenes. <laughs> the ideas in this film, I mean, obviously they're highlighting the integrity of politicians and You know, they constantly go against their principles. They're liars. They don't do the right thing. They don't actually represent the people that have voted them in. And we can see that throughout this film. And this whole idea, too, of this five-star Christmas in the title. um, The hotel is meant to be a five-star hotel. It's a five-star weekend getaway Christmas (laughs) Christmas is <laughs> randomly there's some trees and some decorations so you got that idea too of a, a star on a Christmas tree and, and like I mentioned in the intro that idea of this five-star political party um, in Italian politics as well. I'm almost ready to wrap this one up because the, the there's not much more to say about this other than it was pretty ordinary. Um, there was a horrible and it was almost like this horrible cross between Weekend at Bernie's, if if you've seen that, and Faulty Towers, where they tried to play this humorous sort of, these jokes around these situational comedies that just did not work. It was so poorly executed. It was unfunny for a majority of the time. It's really, really hard to find anything positive about this one. Um, the Like, you know, it's okay to have risque jokes. It's okay to, to try and push the boundaries, but none of these landed and none of them were funny and they were more offensive than anything. So... I'm giving this a one out of five um cannot recommend this at all um (laughs) don't waste your time and i can see why no one's really recommended this or, or put any thoughts about this online because it's not very good social media we've got facebook we've got twitter we've got instagram we pop posts up every week the question i just want to ask is why is the word christmas in this title i mean is it because it tied in closely with the idea of this five star thing because there's a couple of trees they try to play some off christmas carols throughout there's some decorations around the hotel there's a a you know this almost dead body that's dressed in a santa suit but apart from that that the the idea of christmas is very pushed and um you know the parliament's closed down over christmas all that sort of stuff but it doesn't really add anything to this story so the whole idea of christmas for me could have uh, been pushed out of this film Apologies for this rant. <laughs> I've gone on a little bit, but please do uh, subscribe to us if you can. Uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating, or on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find good podcasts, we are there. And I'll be back again next week with. Another film, the next Netflix original film that we've got uh, lined up is the 2018 adventure drama, Mowgli, The Legend of the Jungle. It's directed by Andy Serkis, stars Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, Naomi Harris, and Andy Serkis as well. So if you're keen to check that one out before next week, feel free to do so. Um, And yes, I will see you then.